Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini-sode. Hi, it's Abby. And it's Frida. Welcome to our mini-series called Nothing is Real Except the Sheep. This series, we're stepping into a Phil Dickian frame of mind and exploring our perception of reality, identity, drugs and technology. But before we try to solve matters in the middle of the night, we must agree that the best response to reality is for us all to go insane. Now, would you like coffee with your empathy box today? We're exploring movies that are adapted from the works of Philip K. Dick, and this week we're talking about the Adjustment Bureau. The path of life is made up of a series of choices, maps of your future laid out. The course alters with each decision, but is that decision yours? Did you choose the life you live based on your own free will, or is every step predetermined, each road carefully crafted and adjusted to guide you to the future that has been decided for you? Whether it's free will or a guided hand, there's no telling what the future holds when chance is involved. Freda, can I say something before I start with this movie? <laughs> Go ahead, darling. You'll help me too, I'm sure. <laughs> this, I have to apologise. Because this <laughs> is the first time that I have ever picked a movie without having watched it first. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. And oh my God, I fucking hated it. (laughs) Okay, that's extreme. I didn't actually hate it. It's just... (sighs) It's based on the short story adjustment team. It is a Philip K. Dick story. But this is not a Philip K. Dick movie. This is a fucking love story. And it makes all of the questions I set out for us really hard. Really hard and really hard. I'm so sorry. That's totally fine. It's fine. I managed. I just don't like it. I mean, the romance thing was one part of it, but I just don't like it when movies hint about there being a god. Yeah. I just don't see the point in suggesting that to an audience. It's literally the oldest idea that exists. (laughs) It's not interesting. It's not interesting. Uh, Why is that interesting? Yeah, you're so right. And and the, the frustrating thing I have about it is in terms of like, if you just wanted to watch a love story, it's very sweet. It's very nice. Matt Damon and Emily Blunt are fantastic together. They have yeah. such good chemistry. Especially the first, that first scene is yeah. like great. It's so, I would watch, give me another movie with the two of them in it. Absolutely no problem. 100% watch it. I adore Emily Blunt, like fully adore her. But in yep. terms of standing up as a Philip K. Dick story, it does not. Yeah. It's like you said, it hinted at something, but it never went into it. It never, it was like it was too scared to actually go yes. into it. Yeah, it didn't, it hit, it just went for the easy path of like, there's a creator and a, and an intelligent design. It didn't go into more no. sinister things like, you know, like, are we in a simulation or just something exactly. more sinister? What's the, what's the actual, who is the chairman? Who is like, yeah. exactly, how how is this all working? And like, I don't know, it's just like even the part, because it's based on a short story and it's the scene in the short story when he goes to the office building 
He only goes to the office building and they're all there doing the um the adjustment. Like in the short story, that's a that's a fleshed out scene of him going into the building, yeah. noticing things are a bit weird, trying to find his way around and figure out what's going on. And in the movie, they just had him walk in and walk past all these people who were frozen as if nothing was happening. And it was a two second moment of showing us this yeah. adjustment thing. And then they just ne- like nothing else. They never showed us any more adjusting. And then it was just running and chasing through dumb doors. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they more of that, please. More of that. Whatever they were doing with the brain. I want to see behind the scenes. I want to see what's actually yeah. going on. But it was just, yeah, I would have liked them for them to have not done any hinting. Just kept it really bizarre. Just, yeah, get and weird. wacky. Get, get weird, get wacky, weird. or get into it, man. Like, really go for yeah. it. So it was did di- neither. Yeah, I was disappointed. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I know it bums out, but now we have to try and answer these questions, which is just lols. Um, I will say okay. that I was appreciative that we actually did. It's the first time we get to see Anthony Mackie. And I adore Anthony oh, Mackie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember you said that. Yeah, so I am yeah. excited that we, like, we have an Anthony Mackie movie. Um, I'm hoping that we will have many more, especially for those of you who have seen The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh my God. Okay, sorry, I've calmed down. Everything's fine. <laughs> sorry. Do you have anything you want to say about the cast or any scenes or anything before we get into the questions? Uh, I love John Slattery. Like, yes. He's just great. So I was happy to see him, although they did not much with him. Mm. He, he, he was coasting, you know? Yeah. He wasn't doing much, just being his old, his old self. <laughs> but I, I love him in general. Shall I just do the questions? Yeah. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> I have to read them as I've written them for all the other movies. So, question one: What is the most terrifying aspect of this society? <laughs> that there aren't any women in it. Oh yeah. Where are all the women? <laughs> Why are they all disappeared in the future, in this alternate reality? They've all been adjusted. (laughs) Just her. I felt that way anyway. I'm sure if I looked in the crowd, but I'm like, why are there no women in this movie? Why are none of the adjusters women? (laughs) Yes. Do they all have to be dudes in suits? (laughs) They have to be douchebags and fedoras. I know. I can't. Don't even start me on the fedora. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I just can't. What's your most terrifying uh, aspect? I mean, I went with the obvious one, which is just like the idea that you don't have any free will. Like that it doesn't matter what choice you would make. You can't change your future. Like feeling like someone's constantly blocking your way is a bit of a a thing that we do to ourselves because of things like this, movies like this that tell us that there are these external forces that, you know, are, are deciding how our lives should be. But... Or, or the idea of God, we just yeah. have to, like, when we're at times when it's inexplicable, why it feels like something's standing in our way, our mind goes to, it just falls on those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just a weird thing that we kind of do to ourselves and we keep for portraying it in movies. I just would have much preferred to have seen this instead of it being hinted at the idea of it being the chairman being a God that the chairman was like, oh, no, we're a fucking business, man. You know? Like these eight, these we, ageless we'll make people. Make money. We got, yeah. we got to switch it up so we can get the dollar. Okay, question number two. Who? I don't. 
would you be, Frida? What role would you have in this society? <laughs> well, I would like to be a very low-level member of the adjustment team. Now, I know okay. they don't allow women, yeah. but <laughs> I can cut my hair off again. I just, if I had like small tasks like make him spill his coffee. Right. Like low responsibility, low level, spill the guy's coffee. I would like to walk around in a hat and be faceless and nameless and just interfere with people. Can I, oh my God, I love this. Can I tell you the way it plays out a little bit, what the structure is in the in the story? Yeah. So in the story, the guys who are, the Anthony Mackie character is the clerk. And then there's another character, which is the summoner. And the clerk goes to the summoner and the summoner has to do the summons that will force him to leave the house early and go to work early. But the summoner is asleep and misses the queue. So instead a salesman turns up at the house and he ends up an hour and a half late to work. The summoner is the dog. <laughs> they use animals. Oh, they use animals. <laughs> that the, the dog was supposed to wake him up. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So you could be one of the summoners. It sounds like the book is more intricate and about how it all works. It's a little bit, but like it's, I mean, I think that's the thing. And, and we'll probably talk about it in the next episode a bit as well. But like the three middle movies that we've talked about, um, we've got the two end movies, right? Blade Runner and Scanner Darkly. They're both based on books, novels. And then the three middle ones, Minority Report, Total Recall and Adjustment Bureau are all based on short stories. And I think the difference is, is Minority Report and Total Recall took the short story, fleshed it out, added background context to it and created a feature length story out of it. Whereas Adjustment Bureau seems to have gone, here's that scene in the office building and this idea that there's these people <sighs> controlling it. Now let's add a love story and that's it. Absolutely. And, and also, that was the conversation in that was the yeah. that was the that was the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Let's do something different. Philip K. Dick doesn't normally really Put, do gooey love stories. Yeah. Let's do one. It's like, what are Some you doing? Fat fat producer with um evil fat bastarditis oh. from last week <laughs> was like, Put a romance in it. Oh god. <laughs> and they did put a fucking romance in it, didn't they? Um <laughs> Oh, who would I be? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. I'll be some schmo on the street. Just living my plain old life, not being tracked by the adjustment team because my path is so unimportant to the outcome of the world. (laughs) That sounds like peace to me. Yep. That's what I want. (laughs) Just leave me out of it. (laughs) Okay, question number three. What aspect do you think will happen in our future? Were you able to find some way to answer this question? Yes. Okay. It's more that something that I think does happen. Yeah. That there are people that are, quote, intended for power. Yes. And they get propped up by other people like donors. Yeah. Important members of a political party and pushed in the direction and the intimate details of their lives, especially who they marry. Yes. Does matter to the donor and the things do get planned out it's yeah. sorted but it's true i think it's true it's <clears> so <throat> i believe it yeah i totally believe you <clears throat> sorry i'm very chesty today um 
I can think of examples off the top of my head of like, even in Australia, like the, the head of the Labour Party was married to the daughter of the Governor General, like these unions that are meant mm-hmm. like, it's like, for it's like advantageous. Yeah. Help their rise to power. It's like, ugh. But the, isn't that so, uh, I just, it's something that I kind of, it makes me feel quite sad. And it's quite bleak as well. This idea that your entire life is centered around being carved into power rather than happiness. Like, great, you're, you're in power, you're at the top. Does that make you happy? Do you like your life every day? Or is just being, just having the house that you want enough, having the car that you want, taking the holiday you want enough, that it doesn't matter who is a part of your life? I just, I or, find or that, that quite bleak. Or, or that having power or being a member of this like powerful, important level of society makes you above the need yeah. for humanity or the need for like intimate connection or just an ounce of humanity right or like you're above having like a normal family life connection to your children like that you can like just get nannies to do that or like other people to do that shit because you're too important for all that normal human stuff i don't i I think that that's a real thing that does happen in life and it's gross and false yeah actually like coming off what you're saying about that is kind of lead it's connected to what i was thinking as well like because yeah it's you know how can we pick what could what what will happen in the future when there's no real philip k dick tech base going on stuff so what i did kind of pick out was i did really like the bit about the speech you know when he's like explaining about the market research that goes into it the scuffing of his shoes yeah 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 i just really liked that like i i liked it in terms of i thought it was an interesting piece of information about you know you have a certain shoe to appeal to the rich guys but then the right amount of scuffing to get a response from the working class voters and the stuff about the tie as well and then just the reality of your brain just going like of course they do this of course they do this they obviously do this hardcore market research and we buy into it this is what's infuriating to me and i don't understand why we do this in the world we complain about politicians and things like that and people not like appealing to us yet then we look at them and we go like oh he's appealing to me why is he appealing to you because market research has told him what to say and what to do and how to dress so that it connects with you is that real or not? No, it's not fucking real. And we just sit there and we ignore it. And we just go, oh, both that guy in. It's just, it's just it, mad to me. He makes me feel good. You don't realize that it's been designed to make you feel that way. Yeah. They hired psychologists. It's, oh, it's, it's, ooh, it's, ooh. It's like infuriating, upsetting and fascinating yeah. all at the same time. The prime minister of Australia the other day was like, the climate change, uh, issue won't be solved over wine bars in the inner city like they prepared that line just so the farmers in queensland could be like yeah there's not in the city and the wine bars like they thought about that line yeah they thought about it and then they delivered it just 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 so they don't alienate the you know the farmers (laughs) anyway okay so the next question is going to be super easy to answer (laughs) question four Pick a piece of tech or science and explain the science behind it. <laughs> okay, I had to get obviously kind of lateral over here. So mm. 
This is a quote out of the movie. We, we actually tried free will before. After <laughs> taking you from hunting and gathering to the height of the Roman Empire, we stepped back to see how you'd do on your own. You gave us the Dark Ages for five centuries. We decided we should come back. The chairman thought you needed a better job... We, you needed to do a better job of teaching you how to ride a bike before taking the tra- training wheels off again. So we gave you the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, the Scientific Revolution. For 600 years, we taught you how to control your impulses with reason. Then in 1910, we stepped back. Within 50 years, you brought us... The, bu, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that they're talking about Western Europe and white people fucking yes. only. Yes. So that's my first instinct. Okay? Yes, mm. the fall of the Roman Empire led to the Dark Ages. But I just want to say this about 1910, where they go, oh, we stepped back. Let me tell you about 1910s and 1920s for science. <laughs> that was a huge decade for science, for fuck's sake. Okay, do you know this? You know that famous conference? Well, the Solvay Conference was in 1911, yeah. leading to the famous fifth one, the one with all the dudes in the photo, mm-hmm. Heisenberg, Schrodinger, yeah. Dirac, Einstein, Bohr, Curie, etc., etc. They all get together to discuss quantum theory. Like maybe the biggest decade of science in the history of man. Yeah. So they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. This fucking movie. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> I like that. That's a good perspective to take on. That was very, very, um, uh, very smart approach from you. Thank you. For this I'm one. not just a pretty face. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> um, I, on the other hand, just wrote, bah! <laughs> and then I wrote, okay, what's the substrate? Underlying substance or layer? What the fuck does this mean? Right, cool. What's the deal with the hats? Absolute nothing. I was enraged by this hat thing. Like, how did they make this movie? It's so lovely. And if you just take it like as a love story, it's a lovely movie, you know? And then we add the quirkiness to it. And okay, we've got this thing and maybe it's like they're trying to make it out. It might be God and the adjustment team. And it's all this kind of like, oh, it's supposed to be flashy dark men in suits and everything. And then it just out of nowhere, it's like, but you need a hat to get through the door. And suddenly you've just got Matt Damon Cover running around the place in a fedora. Like it just needs a fedora. Of any, they could have come up with any, this is not in the story. They could have come up with anything. Anything. They could have chosen anything that would be the thing that would be the only way he could get through the door. And they decided a fucking fedora. Which every asshole has one. <laughs> this who said i know let's put a fedora on his head and then he can go anywhere he wants that's how it works (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) okay all right sorry i've had my little rant no words all right question five um what do you what do you think would never happen in our world do you know i almost left this question blank (laughs) i almost was like I don't, I don't, but then I was doing my Jurassic Park research from last week mm. when I was reading about chaos theory. And then I realized that this movie is supposing that someone, the chairman, is able to calculate previously unpredictable events oh. in the natural world. 
by modeling all the interactions between absolutely everything. Right. So that's the power here that's being, that's in my mind is the thing. It's, it's about determinism, the fact yeah. that everything that happens is merely a consequence of everything before that happened, right? Yeah. It's very complicated, but someone, some like multidimensional being sees everything and has the mathematical capabilities to model the interactions between everything so much so he can predict everything that's going to happen as a result of, you know, spilling the coffee. Right. So that's the technological advance, so to speak, that's happened in this movie that causes these people to like, we are ageless and multidimensional. We know everything. We see everything. We know to stop these things happening because those things lead to those things. And I guess I just don't believe that anybody can use this approach to predict things. Right. With such a level of confidence that it's shown here that you would interfere with people's lives. That I don't think that it's possible uh, to have that level of confidence in the future. Right. Do you know, that's, uh, I'm really glad you did that because I have nothing. Um, <laughs> but it's it's actually really interesting because it does, it kind of links a little bit to the idea uh, behind Minority Report. And while in Minority Report it's using these like, you know, precognitive people that can predict violence. Here it's, as you said, it's like this one person who is able to predict how everyone will behave and react depending on a specific action yeah or or has the power and the has the power to determine how somebody no no because you're right because it is it's a prediction and then they alter the path based on what the prediction of the behavior would be should the person go down that path yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I just don't... It's, I, like, it's like a modelling. Yeah, I mean, I guess like there's a lot of it is tried to... A lot of that kind of stuff is done if you think about like marketing, market research. And, you know, the, that's what the whole theme of this movie is, I guess, when you think about what they're saying about that speech, as we talked about the the market research into how people will interact with him. Like the people will vote for him if he does this, this and this. And then it's mm-hmm. the same with what the chairman is doing of like, you know, we will have this predict. in the future if he takes this path. Yeah. So we just have to people's, guide yeah. him onto that path. But I just, yeah, I just, you're right. I just like, we can predict certain levels of human behavior in terms of our interests and what we might be likely to buy, but you can't predict how someone is going to entirely predict how someone will react in certain life events. No, you can't. And why would you try? And I don't think that there's a meaningful distinction between saying that God has a plan for us. And I believe in determinism where I don't have free will. Because yeah. I like, let's say there's a God with a plan. Or let's just say there's determinism. And therefore, every action I do was somehow predicted by everything I've done before. The, everything I've done before. So what? So what? I don't know what that is. Regardless. If it's an intelligent being that's deciding it or whether or not it's predetermined based on everything I've done, either way, I still don't know what's going to happen because I'm not, I'm not privy to God's will or I don't have the ability to calculate all those things. So what's it to me? I don't give a fuck. From my point of view, I choose. That's enough for me. Yeah. I don't give a stuff with all this philosophical nonsense. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) 
bro. Okay. Seriously? Uh, this movie has broken us. But we did it. It's done. That's it. That's all. I don't... Like, what? You know? What What more could we... Yeah. Okay. Final comments? Final comments? Well, what more? Now that you say that. <laughs> I do have one final comment. I have th- four. Oh, oh, wow. All right. Okay. You just go. Number one is her dancing. Reminds me of Julia Stiles from Save the Last Dance. Oh, yes. <gasps> Terrible. Oh, stop. What is... Blunty's perfect. Don't you dare say what? anything bad about it. She Emily punches Blunt. the air at someone. She does like a punch move. Um, my next comment is Matt Damon, you are an entitled douchebag. You have always been. You are a boring white man. Wow. Are we talking <laughs> about the character or Matt Damon? Because Matt Damon. I'm crossing my wires here because I'm crossing my wires because it's like this guy, like they give a speech and they're like, you and all your privilege, and you're like, you have so much opportunity and you're just chasing this girl. Like, stop it. And I was like, yeah, fucking stop it. Look at you. Look at the opportunity you have, you fucking idiot. And you're like brawling at a bar. Only someone with that level of privilege would would throw opportunity away like that. Throw it away because you're running after some chick because you think she's hot. And you know that's the truth. And connected to that, she drops his phone in his coffee. And she kicks him in the balls. But because she's hot, he thinks it's hot. Frida, look, we've, we've talked about this before. I know you don't believe in soulmates, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they made it clear they're soulmates. They said it. <laughs> romances end. Even if people stay married forever, the romances end. And there's another bleak outlook on the future, okay. people. <laughs> I'm assuming. No, just <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Cut, cut that out. Cut that out. Final comment is a trope that I want to talk about. Okay. The name for the trope. I don't want to say this word. Just uh, maybe I'm being pretentious, and but it's called the magical black man trope. The, all the actual word is coined by Spike. Uh, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Okay. Uh, magical Negro trope. And so the magical black man trope, I'll just say, is is a black man who goes around selflessly helping yeah. white people. And they usually have magical abilities. <laughs> the oh. Legend of Bag of Vans is another yes. Matt Damon movie that is just totally based on this trope. Wow. I didn't think, I never knew about this. <laughs> it's a trope. It's called the magical thing. Yeah. Well, because I know about like, because if um, if people don't know about the Ava DuVernay test, they should or the DuVernay test based, which is named after Ava DuVernay um, to look at that, because it's about the idea of like taking the Bechdel test, but applying it to uh, black actors uh, or black characters. Sorry. And it's like, so is the character there? One of the main things is, is the character there in the service of a white character? And so Mm -hmm. often they are. Like they're just there to be like the buddy, the pal to to help them out or to help further the story or the plot of the white character. And it's never yeah. about the black character. Yeah. Hey, you need help with your bags? I'm a magical black man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Etc. That's the whole, that's the legend of Bag yeah. of Bands. That's the whole thing. He just pops out. And is like, oh, my God. Matt Damon. Anyway, that was my. F- I do want to say, uh, yeah, I don't. Like, I, I don't. I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I do think Anthony Mackie is a magical black man. I just want to say that. <laughs> He's 
fucking wonderful. Uh, you know, he's a magical black man. Oh, yeah. he's in so much stuff now as well, which is really exciting because it's just like, oh, just get so much more of him. Sorry. Calm down. Calm down. Um, we'll get to it. You haven't I gotten get to it, it yet. I get in, uh, it. We'll come. Um, it's I coming get up it. in our world. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So my final comment, I only have the one. And it's just something that Emily Blunt said about the filming. That when they were filming at the Statue of Liberty, it was constantly <laughs> interrupted by onlookers who kept yelling out. Frida, what did they yell out? Yes. Matt Damon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt Damon. <sighs> And that's the Adjustment Bureau. (laughs) Oh my god. Thanks for listening. Bye. Join us in two weeks time for our last episode in our Nothing Is Real Except The Sheep miniseries where we're looking at A Scanner Darkly. And drop by next week for our main episode. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) She's broken. We couldn't get away from that movie. (laughs) Get us out of there.